episode of the curated culture i am your gracious humble host rob aka robbie diesel and i'm sure you can probably hear those fireworks going on in the background as i am recording this yes that's right recording this on monday july 3rd the day before independence day and for the next i don't know month and a half there's gonna be fireworks going off in my subdivision where i live so for the next easily two shows you're probably gonna have to deal with those fireworks if you can even hear them i can hear them they're super loud they're distracting but we are still recording thank you guys so very much for pressing play or streaming or downloading this latest episode of the pod and if you are deep or just didn't pay attention. Yes, we got some new heat for the intro music uh, produced by my guy, Schizo Beats. Thank you so very much for the track, man. I appreciate it. I feel like this uh, this track in particular felt um, or fit, I should say, the overall theme of the show. Um, and it, it just it vibes well. It's a song that you can put on and just let ride for about 30 seconds throw that bad devil on repeat and it's still a bop no matter what so yes new music yes we are back on the youtubes yes we are fulfilling all those promises that we made several months back and we're doing it man we are doing it and as such i would like to invite you all to make sure that you are subscribed to this show So however you're listening to this podcast specifically, whether it is on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, any of the above, make sure that you have subscribed to the show. That way you do not miss an episode as we upload each and every Monday. You'll be guaranteed to get some new heat into your earlobes and you'll have tons of new content to check out. Also, make sure that you're supporting the show, the brand, the whole shot, the curated culture via the website, thecuratedculture.com. Make sure you're checking me out, youtube.com slash Robbie Diesel. And also, make sure you're following us on the socials via at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. And you can, of course, follow me personally via at Robbie Diesel on the tweets, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, just about everywhere. Got a great, great show for you. We got one, maybe two subjects that I want to talk about. So this show may be shorter than usual, but it's going to be a good one either way. So without further ado, let's lock in. Let's get to the show. So this past weekend, I had the pleasure of going to the theater and watching the latest Spider-Man project. Spider-Man Across 
the Spider-Verse. It was such a stellar movie. And I walked away with so many different feels that I felt the need to bring it to you, the audience of the pod, to discuss. So, before I get into it, yes, I'm going to be discussing heavy plot elements in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So if you have yet to see that movie, now is the time where you probably want to pause and wait until after you've seen it, come back and pick up the discussion from there. So this is your spoiler alert. We are going to be talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in great detail in three, two, one... So, I went into this movie kind of torn. I didn't know how to feel about it because the social media crowd, the, 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 the digital reviewers, so to speak, were pretty torn about this movie. The general consensus was mostly dislike from, from what I saw. There was a pocket of people who absolutely loved it, but for the most part... People were talking as if this movie was was pretty bad or or at least not as good as the first. So I went into it with with little expectations. I didn't really know, you know, how the movie would flow, how the story would go, what kind of story they would even be telling outside of the fact that we're going to see like the most Spider-Man and Spider-Women on screen in a very long time, if not ever. Now, upon watching the movie and actually seeing the story at large and watching the character development, like, I don't know that the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse movie that I watched was the same one that the people who disliked it watched. Because this movie that I saw was absolutely stellar from bell to bell. Top to bottom, start to finish. It had everything that you would want in a project, especially a a main Marvel character particularly. And for those reasons, I am going to say, in my humble opinion, that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was, is, not was, It is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Full stop. Yes, it is better than the original Tobey Maguire trilogy. Yes, it is better than the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Yes, it is better than the three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies so far. It has been absolutely amazing to see this story being told. So we first picked up on this story with Into the Spider-Verse, which was released a couple years back. And that one alone was a pretty solid movie, right? You got to see this this really diverse cast of characters and the introduction of, of Miles Morales to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at large, or digital cinematic universe at least. 
And this was also the first movie that really delved into the premise of a multiverse within the Marvel realm, right? So technically, this movie kicked off that whole Marvel multiverse thing. And then it's across the Spider-Verse, took that premise, raised the bar, and then shot it into the stratosphere. Like, the direction of the movie, the cast of characters, the stories that were told... The drama, the Easter eggs, every bit of this movie, again, in my opinion, was pure perfection. So even from the start of the movie, which started very atypical of, of how most sequels would start, it actually picked up with Gwen Stacy, not Miles Morales. Focus on Gwen Stacy back in her home universe, her dealing with the fallout from the events of the first movie, navigating through again in her universe a little more confident in her powers and her abilities and her capabilities and she runs into this villain that is very obviously not from her world her universe by the way has an entirely different art style you can very visually tell it apart she runs into a vulture from like the renaissance age and she knows immediately something's off so long short, uh, she gets introduced to a Spider-Woman from a different universe who's voiced by Issa Rae. And eventually she meets Spider-Man 2099, who is uh, voiced by Oscar Isaac, who did a stellar job in this role specifically. Um, absolute psychopath. But you don't really see that initially. Like, his villain in this movie, which he was very much the 1A villain to the Spots 1B, but we'll get on to the spot later on, um, goes from, you know, this kind of, of enigmatic but firm leader of the Spider Society to being a completely unhinged psychopath by the time the movie wraps which i really loved i enjoyed watching that build so after those three meet gwen is faced with the consequences of this battle with the vulture from a different uh, multiverse a different universe and the scenario specifically actually ends up leading to her revealing to her father that she is Spider-Woman. Her father was not very accepting of of her vigilante style of justice and in the moment he's still so in the throes of his duties as a police officer that he kind of neglects his duties as a father. So there's this really interesting dynamic in that moment between him and Gwen. And you kind of see, you know, that conflict play out, too. Obviously, dad's not accepting of, of Gwen's choice and starts to treat her more like a criminal versus her daughter, which is what leads to her leaving and joining the Spider Society, uh, which is chock full of all the different spider people from different universes. There's a Lego Spider-Man. There's uh, a Spider-Woman in a wheelchair. There is um the scarlet spider like oh, every single spider-man that you can think of 
And in the main Spider Society headquarters is where you get like some of the dopest Easter eggs. One of which is a live action Donald Glover trapped, held prisoner in the Spider Society in a full Prowler costume, which is an amazing Easter egg considering that in the Tom Holland Spider-Man, Donald Glover played Uncle Aaron, who was Miles Morales' uncle, of course. And he ends up getting captured by Tom Holland uh, in the first film, I believe it was. And uh, you kind of you don't know what really happens to him until it is not until it is acknowledged that he is indeed the prowler in this film. And I thought that was a really awesome callback to that that whole thing. Um, and and it, it goes even further than that. Years and years and years ago, before Donald Glover like really really blew up, there was a, a little online fervor, a dust up, if you will, to have him actually play Spider Man or Miles Morales in this example. Uh, we know now that never came to fruition, but it is cool to at least see him as part of the Spider-Verse. That that little Easter egg there was super, super awesome. But after we go through all of this, we kind of bounce back. We catch up with Miles, who has grown. Again, this is all happening about a year after the events of the first film. Miles is, is grown into his powers. He's more confident. He's more comfortable in his ability. And we see that in the day-to-day, -day, right? He is fully enveloped in the realm of being spider-man and he's become actually quite good at it so good that he isn't starting to forget his duties as just a regular normal teenager who's you know trying to focus on getting into college and things like that and he's putting most of his attention and his time behind fighting crime Meanwhile, his father is getting ready to be promoted to the chief of police, and this is where the central conflict of the story lies. They kind of uh, egg on or, or um, mention in the movie that each and every Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or Spider-Person has these things happen to them called a canon event. Basically, a catastrophically terrible loss that they all experience and it just so happens to revolve around captains of police whether it is an uncle or best friend's father or anything like that the captain of police always dies and it just so happens that again miles's dad is getting ready to be sworn in as the captain of police so that sets the stage for this really interesting, really fun battle and this conflict between Miles, the rest of the Spider Society, uh, and the main uh, side villain uh, known as the Spot, who is also somebody from Miles' past. He worked at, um, oh, I forget the name of the, the building where they had the initial collider beam, but he worked in that building alongside uh, female Doc Ock. And uh, it eventually was mutated by the Collider's explosion. And now he see, he's seeking his revenge. So there's so much 
that Miles has to deal with. And there's so many different conflicts, again, at the heart of this story. But what I loved the, the absolute most is like the incredible character development that was on display. Like we see Miles really, really step into his own. And there's a scene where Miguel and Miles are kind of fighting on this uh, this high speed rail car. And Miles says to Miguel, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you want me to be something that I'm not. So now I'm going to do my own thing. And I, I, I love I loved that scene specifically. Just, you know, it, it was a feel good moment, especially for the younger kids watching, you know, to to express in that moment, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't be afraid to go out and do your own thing and to follow your own path. Just because somebody tells you that things have to be a certain way, it doesn't mean that they have to be. I can get behind a message like that. Um, there was another character that was introduced, uh, by the name of Hobie, Hobie Brown, and he was spider punk. And initially when they introduced his character, like I just knew that I was going to hate his character because everybody else in the movie absolutely loved him. And I'm like, oh, he's one of those guys. And, and of course, there was this dynamic between Hobie and Gwen. And it's alluded that maybe they're dating, maybe they're not. Gwen leaves a sweater at his place in his universe. And um, obviously, Miles feels a certain way about it. But like as the movie goes on, it's like, well, Damn, Hobie is actually really cool. And ironically enough, he actually plays a major part in helping Gwen um, try at least to get back to Miles to, to help him out in the long run. So this movie was was absolutely stellar, man. Like I just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um I love the intensity of the the Miguel character again. Miguel O'Hara was like absolutely bonkers, um, but a great villain. Great villain. I love Gwen's story. Um, I love the fact that we got alternate universe Miles too, which was absolutely insane. Um, I thought it was dope that they how they pulled that off near the end of the movie. And there's obviously going to be a part three with how this movie itself ended. I mean, the, the story that they told at large or the story that they are telling at large honestly was way too big to fit into this one movie. So it's, it's not surprising that, you know, the the eventual maybe um final two parts of this story have have been split into two parts i liked it though i liked that they chose to go that route versus try to tell one massive story across you know three and a half hours a la um the uh infinity war um uh, finale i would have i would have almost preferred that been split up into two movies as well um but i think it works in this regard you know give us give us finality but you know spread it out a little bit take your time make sure that the story is told properly and um if this movie is any indication of the direction of the finale I'm all in. I'm on board. Um, the the kids were a little, 
uh, disappointed with how like the movie just abruptly ended right as the story was kind of building to this beautiful crescendo. But I, I'm a fan of it, man. I've, I've grown up watching, you know, these these big Hollywood blockbuster movies and everything is set up to do a sequel or a trilogy or anything like that. And in addition to that, man, I grew up reading a lot of the comics and there's no worse feeling than, you know, getting really, really invested in a storyline and seeing that story build to a point to where you just got to know what happens next. But you don't get a new issue for 30 days or, you know, having to wait six months or so before you got your second issue. Now, obviously, that's not as bad as having to wait, you know, two or three years before the next movie comes out. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to waiting. And if that's how long it's going to take this studio to properly build and tell the story, I'm with it. I will wait as long as it takes. So in uh, in conclusion, the TLDR version of this podcast is that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man movie ever made. If you don't believe me, you don't want to take my word for it, go watch it. I'm still going to call you a liar if you say that it's not, because, again, this movie has everything in it. Uh, but I'll, I'll respect I'll respect your opinion, even if I respectfully disagree. All right, dudes, that was this week's show. We got out of here with a single subject. It's very rare that we get one topic and stick with it the whole show. But I felt really compelled to tell this story on the podcast real quick. And uh, I want to know now what your thoughts are. If you went to go see Spider-Man, let me know. Hit me up in the comments uh, on this podcast or jump over on social media. Let us know at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram, at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter, or you can address me directly at Robbie Diesel virtually everywhere. Let me know what you thought about Across the Spider-Verse. Are you excited for Beyond the Spider-Verse later on, you know, a couple years from now? Did you get burnt out at any point in the film? Did you like Hobie as much as I did? Let me know. Um, thank you guys so very much for checking this out again. If you have not done so already, make sure that you are subscribed to this show so you don't miss an episode whenever we upload each and every Monday. And thank you guys so very much for checking out the show. We appreciate it. We'll catch you all on the next one. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,